Who's How Music proudly presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name is Phil Boyer, and as always, from across the vast sea is my brother from another mother, Mr. Mike. I drink from the horns every single day, Svensson. Mike, <laughs> what's going on over there in Viking land? Dude, always, <laughs> always drinking out of the horns. You know me. That's Vikings. right. But but I'm a bit shy today because on the show we got, uh, I like an actual Viking because he's from Denmark and we have mm-hmm. the pleasure once again to introduce my friend Soren. Hey, Soren, hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. <laughs> What's going Hi guys. on? Excellent. Thank <laughs> you for having me once again. Let's not go into the of Viking course. discussion. No, no, let's no. not. <laughs> and before we start, for for all of you people out there who, who aren't familiar with, with Soren, um, he wrote a fantastic book that is translated into English all about vinyl. You have to be a fucking vinyl nerd to understand all the commitment that he put into this book because it's so fucking great. I need to use the swear words right now. It's my own fucking podcast. I can say whatever fuck I want. Okay. <laughs> of course you can. But still, <laughs> yes. And in Danish or in Swedish or in the Norwegian language, it's called Alt om Vinyl. That's right. And we're going to put uh, uh, links in the description so you can find this awesome book. And you cool. don't actually have to read Danish or Swedish to to understand the beauty of this because there's a lot of stuff in there that you can just ease and, and going through this book. Yeah, it's, it's um, great. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry that it's not in English. Uh, it's just not um hoping to find somebody who can actually release it in English uh, abroad but but for now it's it's only in Danish but uh, I'm so I'm so glad you enjoyed it really yeah thanks it's it's great it's it's my actually to, my go-to book when when it has when I'm having thoughts about vinyl collecting and and pressing plants <laughs> and and matrix numbers and so forth so uh, it's it's a really great book thanks okay Thank you. enough of that we're going to put you on the spot Soren, oh, yeah. right here. Because yeah. Soren, he shows his top five albums of all times. Yeah. All time. All time. This is, this is the tricky bit. Yes. It is. <laughs> it's it the is. tricky bit. Yeah. So, Soren, the show is yours right now. Okay. Um, well, Mike, <laughs> you, you wrote to me a few days ago. Well, a week and a half. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. And saying, do you want to be on the show? I say, oh, of course, yeah. You just have to pick your five top top five albums. And I thought that's easy, <laughs> but it's not. It's it's the no. worst the worst thing I've ever done because um, <laughs> I've I've you know I, I started scribbling down, and I I was actually going to to uh, to 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 say to you today that I need six. Because there was yeah. just one that I couldn't leave out. So, no. but again, I, I do follow rules most of the time. But yeah, but, but in your hearts, you have to know that I had I had to let one go to uh, yeah. to be on but the show. You okay? can have like an honorable mention. You can you can have an honorable oh. mention if you if you want to. Yeah. So how, you can mention number six. Have? I think. How many hours? <laughs> hours do we have? Because I actually wrote down on my uh, on my computer, I wrote honorable mentions, yeah. and I yeah, and I'm oh, just okay, oh. cool. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I might run through that, you know, in the end. Okay, the twelve part series with Soren, yeah. in his top five <laughs> and no, but, but honorable mentions of. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> seriously, this has been really, really tough. Uh, but it I've is. decided on five albums that, yeah. you know. For me, I do have I, – I put up a kind of a dogma that all mm. the albums – one of the criteria was no fillers, okay? All so right. mm-hmm. uh, picking an album that I like, maybe a 10-song album that only has seven great songs on it wouldn't make the list, mm. okay? So oh, these are albums oh, that oh. I can listen to from, from right from the beginning to the end 
without ever being disengaged. You know, it's oh, it's okay. uh, it's oh. these are albums that I I listen to whole mm. the whole of it, not just picking yeah. songs, uh, because that that made me actually you know weep out some of the some of the uh, mm-hmm. honorable mentions i had because you know mm-hmm. there are great albums but also albums that you know two or three songs four songs maybe not really that good uh so i've not chosen the number of the beast by our mate i could but again mm-hmm. there are a couple of songs that i think are a bit weak so that didn't make the list so um mm-hmm. these five albums are my absolute top albums uh, oh, and I'm going to go I'm, through from number five okay. to number one. Oh, okay, okay, so uh, let's see Very if, if I is. let's see if I sneak the number six in. Oh, I didn't. I do have. <laughs> I only have five. <laughs> okay. All right. So the first one is the first one I'm going to mention is also the the newest album. It's only okay. twelve years old, I think, but it absolutely it blew my socks off, and I was actually listening to it. Uh, going to work this morning, I listened to it in the car just to make sure that I made the right decision. <laughs> and I'm absolutely, I had to stay in the car, in, in, in the car park before going to work to listen to the end, you know, because it's such an incredible album. It's not really a band that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I, I have okay. some of the albums, uh, they're not really a very good live band, I think. I've seen them two or three times and they were kind of disappointing. Uh, most of the albums are good, but again, a lot of fillers and some of the albums, some of it is a bit tricky to listen to, but this one is absolutely amazing. It's Mastodon's Crack the Sky. Oh, complete okay. silence. Do you know it? No. Uh, oh, okay. Y- yes. I'm well, not um, familiar with it. It's, it's an, uh, uh it, well, they're from Atlanta. Um, they started out as a very sort of very death metal heavy uh, kind of very sort of uh, complex music and this is also rather complex but it's it's a i think it's a concept album uh, in, it's in the category of concept albums that I, I have no idea what it's about and 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 that's sort of f- for the best concept albums you don't have to understand the concept you know it's always a very incoherent and and difficult story to follow but but this one yeah. is they sing about uh barons and uh, a russian tsar and they sing about crystals and black holes and caves and i have mm. no idea what it's about but it's probably one of the most coherent albums i've ever heard it's 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 actually sometimes it's difficult to to um to to understand you know to 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 hear the difference between the songs because they're all recorded with the same sound the same musical the same guitar sounds uh, there are lots of things going on in the background and and some of the melodies are actually repeated uh, throughout the album so it, it sounds like a whole song a one long song oh uh, but oh it's not God. it's it's divided into into i don't know eight eight songs perhaps but it's mm-hmm. it took me a while actually to to get into this album i uh, i remember i think it's from 2009 yeah and i i, mm. I read um i read some review uh back then uh, in a music magazine and i thought that sounded interesting so uh, i went out and bought the album and at the first time i listened to it i thought it was rather strange it was it was really difficult music and not very you know it's 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 not easy to access but after a few listens, uh, the penny just dropped, and it's it's one of the one of the albums that I don't listen to it very much, and for the sole purpose of not tiring out of it, you know what I mean. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. I, 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 I take it a couple of times a year, or a year. That's it. Because if I listen to it too much, mm-hmm. I'll get tired of it, and and I don't want to do that. But um, I had an amazing car ride this morning, blasting this record out. Uh, and there's a there's a track. The last track is called "The Last Baron," and it's twelve twelve thirteen minutes of music. And the melodies, uh, there are acoustic guitars, wonderful lyrics, uh, crazy lyrics that you don't really understand what they mean. And it's kind of a there's a kind of a sci-fi uh, vibe to it as well. I, I I think they're all pretty nerdy, 
they're like Star Wars <laughs> fans and, and Star Trek and that, that sort of thing. And, and you can hear that in the music because it's really paid attention to detail. And, um, mm -hmm. and I love the artwork as well. It's just uh, yeah. beautiful. I remember the artwork because I, th I, I think that uh, this album was released when, when they opened up for Metallica in, in Copenhagen. Absolutely. They, I think this at, is from at, the, at year, the, year, the year after yeah. that. I, I saw them okay. in, in Copenhagen uh, opening oh, for okay, Metallica. Okay. And, and I, I just, yeah, yeah, know, it, it wasn't very good. It was loud no. and, and it was unfocused. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. on record... These guys are amazing. You yeah. have to check their stuff oh, out, right. especially this one. But as I said, it yeah. might take a few listens uh, before it really, yeah. uh, you know, gets under your skin. But you know, no, I'm, right. I'm absolutely stuck with it. It's an incredible. Yeah. So, Mastodon cracked the sky right there, number five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Absolutely. See, that's what I love about these top five shows. Is like I'm not fam I'm not that familiar with Mastodon, and now I've sort of have a starting point where I can yeah. go and listen to this and get like a feel for it and. Yeah. Again, and I know what to expect too, and that's yeah. what's great. Even you know some of the older stuff getting reintroduced to some of these albums that we haven't listened to in like twenty, thirty years, and to go back and yeah. listen to it—that's really cool. Yeah. So awesome, awesome I, choice. I, 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 thanks. I completely agree with you because the best for me, the best way to actually discover new music is when people talk about it and recommend it and mm. explain to me why they like it, and then and. You know, I, I rarely listen to the radio and go, "Oh, I got to get this record." But if somebody recommends it, writes about it, I'm I'm instantly in, intrigued to listen to it. So I've discovered mm -hmm. so much music uh, in that way. So yeah, very cool. Cool. Right. All so right. Uh, we're going to move back in time a bit now for number four. Um, Ooh. This is is one of those bands that <sighs> it's one of those bands that I think I like. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, 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 it's one of the bands that I should like, but yeah. I found that they, they're a, they were an amazing live band, and I've seen them a few times. But this album is is just the best. Uh, most of their studio albums are actually not that very good, to be honest. But the live stuff is good, and they, you know, it's okay. I'm gonna say it's Quadrophenia uh, by the Who. Okay. Oh, right. um, okay. Released in 1973. And this was like the height of the uh, uh, rock opera, uh, over-the-top, uh, progressive rock uh, era. Um, yeah. And, and, of course, The Who did Tommy back in 69, 68, 69-ish, uh, which I also like. But, but this one is just amazing. And... Being a concept album, this has a really clear story. It's uh, it's set in 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 this in the mid sixties in in the UK, and there's a there's a guy called um, uh, called Jimmy. That you know he's he's the main character of of, of the whole of, of the whole album. Uh, it was also made into a movie uh, starring Sting uh, among others in seventy nine, mm -hmm. but. Um, it's it's about the 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 war or you know between the mods and the rockers uh, in the mid sixties <laughs> in England and 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 there was a, there was a huge fight on the uh, on the beach in Brighton in sixty four mm -hmm. I think sixty five uh, which was you know a huge thing and and people came down from all over England uh, on their on them on their scooters and the mopeds uh, and just broke <laughs> into a huge fight. And that's the sort of a, the central theme on, on the album. It's the youth, uh, youth struggling, uh, crappy parents, crappy jobs, uh, finding something, uh, something meaningful in either being a rocker or, or a mod. And uh, they were four members of the Who, and Pete Townsend wrote uh, most of this music. And he actually he wrote a, a theme for each member of the band. And these uh, themes oh, are sort of intertwined cool. into each other uh, throughout the whole album. So also there's a sort of a, a coherence in, in the music, in the story. Uh, and the, the old gatefold here it is accompanied by a huge booklet with photographs uh, that's, that sort of sets the scene and the mood for the album. And it's, I've, I've seen The Who uh, three times, I think, uh, Twice, uh, when they did the whole Quadrophenia album, I saw them in Copenhagen mm -hmm. in 97 and Dublin 
oh, seven, eight years ago, uh, with Jacob, uh, my friend Jacob, who also who I uh, who I did the book with, and he, he's a massive Who fan, and he actually introduced mm. me to the Who uh, many many years ago. So we went to Dublin to see the Who perform uh, Quadrophenia, and there's a uh, there's um there's an instrumental part called uh, the Rock, which is the the the, the second last uh, track on the album. It's it's a double album, of course. Uh, and it's just uh it's an instrumental track. And I remember going to the concert, and they showed sort of um, they, they showed movies of, uh, of of old black and white stuff, historical stuff. Uh, the Who as as young uh, as young kids and and uh, you know pictures from their career and all that and I just remember having a huge lump in my throat because it was it was just epic uh, absolutely epic and the final piece Love Rain Over Me I mean that's when my knees go completely wobbly because <laughs> when you travel through this whole album and you get the story and you kind of connect with the characters and the music. And the way it ends uh, is just it's phenomenal. Uh, it's 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 my favorite Who album by far, and and absolutely one of my favorites favorite albums of all times. Again, it's not one of those albums that I listen to, uh, you know, every week or you know I might visit it once, twice a year, uh, as such, and then I just go on a huge Quadrophenia binge, and I watch the movie and and all that, and just really, you know, delve into this uh, the, delve into this story. But it's uh, it's 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 a massive piece and and one that should be in every collection, absolutely. Oh um, man, that's beautiful. That one was, book, wasn't that hard to choose actually? But I was just, is it five? Is it four? Is it better <laughs> yeah. than Crack the Sky? I don't know. But it, it's not number <laughs> one. That's for sure. Okay, so that's a really an interesting thing with Quadrophenia and the Who as a whole. Because I I'm like you, I want to like. The Who more than I do because I think they're, I mean, amazing live band. I've seen a couple of shows on. I've never seen them actual live, but I've seen seen them like YouTube and so forth. And with all the six hit singles with Bob O'Reilly and so forth, I mean, they're great. But it's when I listen to, I bought a couple of albums and then I got sort of like bummed out because I thought it everything sounded like loud and obnoxious, but it's not. It's it's yeah, hard to get into. I, I know how you feel. I mean, I I would call myself a Who fan. I just never listened to them. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, I, I I I like them as a band. I like them. I like the yeah. the you know the individual people in the band, and I I like the the contribution they've made to to rock music and and, yeah. and their live sound and and you know Keith Moon and all that. There's just yeah. something about some of the songs, or especially the albums that. That's mm -hmm. never really, you know, you get kind of disappointed sometimes when you listen to a, to a Who mm -hmm. record. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, I agree. If, if, if you heard them or seen them live, you know, you might get a bit disappointed mm. listening to an album. But uh, yeah. for me, Quadrophenia is just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a one record that just not proves my point. You know what I mean? It's, mm. Uh, mm. It's, it's, it's the odd one out for me. It's, it's an incredible album. Mm. Absolutely. I have to listen to it once more. I have to, to go there yeah. and and yeah, it, it takes oh, it man, takes time. Cool. You know, the best albums yeah. are the ones you you really need to to listen to uh, a few times before before they click. You know, but uh, mm. yeah, there's just and something about the melody don't, don't, and the instrumentation and and, and yeah. everything just works on this album. It's yeah. it's, it's well and you get, thought and through. And you won't get yeah, and you won't get tired of an album that that takes that long to 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 really get into exactly. So. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Number four, The Who, Quadrophenia. Man, we're on a roll now. Sorry. Yeah. What's going on? Number three. All right. Number three. Okay, Mike. You might get a bit, yes. bit excited now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. I was six, five, six, seven years old when I heard this the first time. Uh, as, as I told you before, I, I grew up in Sweden, and, and these guys were – like they were incredibly huge in Sweden. I, I think they were. Maybe, maybe they weren't as huge as I thought. But in my school and, you know, in, in my sort of community, everybody loves, loved yeah. this band. Um, and and it's, it's one, of those, one of those experiences in my life just, that just never leaves me. It's, it's, of course, Destroyer. 
by kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, All right. I had I had to 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 take this because I'm not really sure if Destroyer is my favorite Kiss album. I don't think it is, but the impact it had on me as a kid, yeah, it is mm-hmm. is uh, cannot be understated. It's it, it was just incredible because uh, I was never into. Batman and and you know superheroes and all that stuff. I I I I was just listening to music. I thought that was that was the thing, you know. And then these guys came along, and 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 to me they were superheroes. I I didn't actually un- mm. at at first I didn't understand that these was, you know, that they were real people. I thought the, these were mm-hmm. actually cartoon characters. <laughs> um, so listening to this album, which is for, for you know by Kiss standards, this is uh. uh hugely overproduced album because they mm-hmm. they were not able to to reproduce these songs live uh, in no, any way no. I don't know. Uh, but no. of course bob esrin uh took them into the studio and he kind of you know modeled everything uh and it's, it's basically a, a bob esrin record uh let's face it but yeah it his is use it is. of his use of of uh, instrument instrument other instruments um sound effects uh the way the production is, it was just a theater of mind. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and I used to think that, you know, the, the, uh, the voices, the boy voices uh, at the beginning of God of Thunder, I used to think that was Ace Fraley saying these things. Um, and it, okay. in my mind, that just made sense. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought he had such a voice. <laughs> you know? and, <laughs> and, and we didn't have much information back then about this band. So we 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 were sort of fed a few things like we knew we knew the names we knew they were uh, they had uh, fire and explosions at their shows but we had to make the rest up because nobody yeah. knew and and that it was kind of it was very mystic and and um and that that thing about are these actually real people so we had to make up mm. stories about this band yeah and and that we, ha- we have to incredible. we have to mention the, the the voices in god of thunder so so because you and i know who the oh, voices yeah. are but people oh, are yeah. listening would, would you these like are, to tell it, the story yeah oh sure uh bob esrin's kids uh, he had uh, a couple of boys uh who, who ran around the studio uh, a lot and they were playing with walkie talkies uh they were huge at the time i believe walkie talkies but they were actually just uh, calling each other and he recorded them speaking to each other on the walkie talkie and and he sort of slowed down uh, and put lots of effect on their voices and and it sounds so creepy when you hear it and then gene simmons comes out with his god of thunder song and and the whole i remember just remember being a kid and closing my eyes and just listening to this it was just from another planet and yeah, and and the intro on the album to Detroit Rock City with the guy uh, doing the, the the dishes and and crashing his car mm. and all those sound effects I had never heard anything yeah. like that in music, yeah, and and yeah. that just absolutely blew my mind. And then yeah, great stuff compared with with this uh, Ken Kelly's artwork, which is genius because uh, if you take the first three Kiss albums, they're all photographs of the band. And not really representing them very well because on the first album you just see the faces, you don't see any costumes, so you don't know who. The, what's this? And on this, on the second album, there uh, it's kind of a, a, a murky photo of them, and on Dress to Kill, they're in they're in suits. So you know who are these? Who are these people? What what do they do? Is it a band? Is yeah. it a, a minstrel <laughs> group? I mean, what is it? And and but, but this kind of this kind of made a statement. And 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 as you know, the 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 this one and the two albums after this, they were all painted covers, uh, yeah. and and that kind of brought them into this superhero uh, status that none of the first three albums ever did. So so being a kid and and listening to this and just gazing at this cover is just an amazing. I'm 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 I feel actually rather lucky that I lived in a time when when before the internet and before you knew everything that you actually had to put some thought into it and, and that mm. the music could, could actually, uh, you know, make your imagination wild. You know, it was uh, incredible, incredible time. Mm. And I remember this was like, if I, if I were to pick favorite albums, I mean, Destroyer sonically is, is one of my favorite albums by them. And I don't think necessarily as an album as a whole, 
it's it's one of the best. Um, but this one, and I think Paul Stanley's solo album, Ace Frehley's solo album, Peter Chris's solo album, Dynasty mm-hmm. Unmasked. That era was was the Kiss I I first uh, you know I first listened to. Then I went back mm-hmm. to to listen to the first three albums, and they sounded nothing like. Uh, Destroyer, and so I thought that was a bit tame. You know, at first I thought yeah, they sounded yeah. a bit tame. The first, uh, the debut album, but you know, uh, since then I, I I've grown to love it and all that. But I remember as a kid mm. I was kind of disappointed uh, listening to 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 the studio albums, the first ones. But uh, Destroyer is just I'll take this to the, to the grave with me. Uh, and this yeah. is a Swedish pressing, by the way. So uh, and oh, it cool. sounds mm, cool. sounds great. So, and and you are yeah. right with with the with the Swedish. Uh, I mean, kids being like big in Sweden when when we were growing up. Because I, I remember having like friends with big brothers who went to see the the shows that they did in '76. They oh, yeah. did both Lund here in, in in southern parts of Sweden and Stockholm, of course. And yeah. from that day on, it was like kiss mania. Into mm. at least until the mid mid 80s or something like that mm. so it was it was you, you never knew that 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 there was nothing more I mean, I mean of course there was maiden but but kiss they were like like you say they were superheroes you couldn't touch them mm. no no so and uh, also that you we, we had so little information about these people so yeah yeah we just made it up I mean, I, yeah. I remember some somebody from school told me that that Gene Simmons had cut his his tongue to make it long. He had cut the cord under uh, under his yeah. tongue, and and that was um, why he was he was he was gushing blood on stage. That was why he was he, he cut his tongue. In, in those things, you know, just <laughs> gobbledygook. But would you would yeah. you believe that when you're seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You go, stuff. oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you had no so. idea who, who you know you, you didn't know anything about the drug problems and and all the internal shit that was going on with the band. You only listened to the music and and saw them as heroes, yeah. and 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 that was that was a beautiful <sighs> thing, I think. So it was, um, yeah. it was. But I'm oh, I'm, I'm still I, I love I love reading about uh, the history of Kiss and all that. Uh, absolutely, that will never leave me. It's uh, one of my favorite bands. To uh, to to read about and and research and, and listen to podcasts about uh, that will never leave me. Oh, my man. parents Number said three, when I was, when like... I was young. Yeah. Was, you know, my parents said you're going to grow out of that. When you when you're older, you're not going to listen to that. Ah, well, ah, they were wrong. Ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely wrong. But, but listen, hey, number three, you got Kiss Destroyer. I mean, yeah. wow! To, to put mm-hmm. that number three, I wonder yeah. what those. Next two is gonna be yeah. all about. Ooh, we're gonna okay, top the next destroyer. One. Oh man! Yeah, it's it's Ooh. tough. It's tough. But, it's but tough. I said again, it it's it probably if the whole album was amazing. When, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not saying there there are filler tracks. There are just a few tracks that kind of doesn't, you know, like "Do You Love Me" and "Sweet Pain," and I'm not really into those songs. But but the rest but 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 again there's a coherence in the album and there's a sonic yeah. coherence that's mm-hmm. just incredible, I think and it, he just he just did an amazing job, uh, Bob Esrin. Yeah. Okay. He did, he did. The next album I'm gonna show you here is from 1972, uh, a bit before I was born. Uh, Mike, you were probably in kindergarten back then. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Nah. But still, I was a toddler. Oh. This band, this band, I discovered this band in around 1990, uh, 90, I think my uncle uh, had a huge record collection and he would, you know, sometimes he would just drop, uh, drop a bag of records off uh, at our door and said, listen to this. He knew I was into, you know, harder stuff like Maiden, Kiss and all that. But uh, he introduced me to so much music. And, and, and one day uh, I got... Um, I got an album called Benefit by uh, an English band called Jethro Tull. And I listened to that mm. and, and I had just discovered Pink Floyd and, and, and that sort of, sort of a bit more progressive music uh, back then. So, so I listened to it and I just fell in love with it. Uh, so my, my number two here is uh, Thick as a Brick. By by Jethro oh, right. Tull is uh, released okay. in 1972. Mm. This is a Danish pressing, and it has the original hype sticker 
from 72, Ooh, uh, nice. which is pretty cool. And as you see, I got it signed uh, some 20 years oh, ago when I met, nice. uh, met Ian Anderson, the, the front man. Um, this is a, a real gem. I bought this record on I, – I, I think he, I, was, I was out on town drinking heavily in my <laughs> teens at some point. And I went home and passed uh, a record shop on the way home, like five in the morning. Uh, the birds were out, and you know, and it was light, and you know that you know that thing when you're young and you walk away, from, you walk home, you know, in the morning, just some magical oh, stuff yes. about that. But I passed it the is. record shop, and this record uh, was was in the window, and it was only twenty kroner, which is three dollars uh, something. It was it was you know you know early nineties when records were really cheap. So uh, and I was already a tall fan then, and I, I really wanted this album. So uh, the next morning, I got up really early, as early as I could, and and uh, went to the record st uh, store, and and bought this. It's uh, it's of course it's a used it's a used copy, but uh, I got it straight away for twenty kroners, I think, and uh, it's been it's been with me ever since. But Ooh. it's 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 actually um, I talked about before that the the uh, the the you know, overblown, massive, uh, progressive rock stuff, uh, symphonic uh, concept albums that came out, uh, especially around it, around 72 and a bit before that. They were just so overblown and, and difficult to listen to and difficult to understand that uh, this is actually a, 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 a send-up of all those, uh, that, that, that way of recording music. It was actually, it was actually meant as a joke. Um, okay. so, so Ian Anderson, uh, he wrote, it's one long song, it's continuous piece of music, side A and side B, one long song. And, and it was actually just to make fun of that, uh, pompous, uh, you know, self-important progressive rock musicians, oh. uh, trying to, to, to show off on their instruments and, and making complex music that nobody, nobody understood. So, so this was uh, a way to actually say, okay. Will give you the the mother of all concept albums. You know, this is the concept album to end them all. Uh, so it, it's the lyrics are. There's a story here. There's a boy uh, here, and and the, the story is that that the boy has written a poem, a very long poem, uh, that he wins a prize for. So and this poem is called "Thick as a Brick." Uh, so uh, it is. It, it's it's you know it's uh, it's made up of course everything. Uh, but he, he uh, Ian Anderson wrote the the lyrics, of course, to the to the album and wrote all of the music, uh, and and uh, it's it's incredibly melodic, and if you listen to it, you you kind of sense that the way the way they they made music in the seventies, it was it, it's it's all right to have ten second break, ten second pause, because that brings out something else in the music. You know, nowadays, if you listen to a band like Dream Theater, you know, there's just notes, notes, notes all the time. There's something going on all the time. You listen to this, there's actually a lot of passages where only a few instruments playing. Sometimes it's complete silence. And, and it just the way that music is constructed, you don't get music like that today. And it's just incredible. You know, they take their time uh, playing the music. And and it's just wonderful to to listen to 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 follow the the instruments uh, all the way through because there's so many time changes, so many uh, different chords going on. Uh, there are themes that are uh, that are repeated uh, throughout the album, and and everything just compared with with the lyrics just makes it is an incredible album. It's a fun album. Uh, if if you take the um, the sleeve. You can actually open it up, and it's and it's uh, and it's a, a newspaper. <laughs> it's, oh, um, cool! It was it was meant to 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 look like a small small town English newspaper in the in the early seventies. So you got crosswords, you got death. Uh, <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, all right. And you know, uh, crazy articles, all written by the band themselves. You know, they did. Uh, I mean, just incredible amount of work that that went into just doing the sleeve. Uh, and it's you, you gotta have this. Uh, I mean, it, it might be for some people might be a bit too progressive and all that, but 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 once you know that it, this, this was actually made to to make fun of, of mm -hmm. all those overblown albums, you know, it kind of makes sense. 
But, and now it's hailed as one of the best progressive rock albums ever made, the best concept albums ever made. And that, that was never in the, uh, the intention. Mm. But it's just genius, genius music. And uh, it made me pick up the flute, actually. <laughs> I oh, started oh, playing wow. the flute. Cause, oh, man. Because, you know, Ian Anderson plays the flute uh, mm. in, in that one of the most distinctive sounds about Jeff Rattold is, is, mm. is his flute playing, which is incredible. Well, the way he sort of so, sings um, and plays the flute at the same time on some yeah, of the songs. Yeah, he sort of he sort of makes noises that you know through the through the flute and and you know amplifies his noises through the flute. Which, yeah, and, yeah, incredible. I it, I do have a bit about Ian Anderson because he's one of my heroes, but I don't think he's a very nice guy. I mean, I, I've met him once, and he was, yeah, he I, you know you know sometimes when you meet heroes and you're disappointed because mm -hmm. uh, they turn turn out to be assholes. Mm -hmm. And he's a bit like that, I'm afraid. Uh, mm. He's incredibly uh, eloquent. He's he's very intelligent, and he's but he's just very private. And and of course you you gotta gotta respect that. But I think when I, I met him after a gig in Copenhagen, and uh, I really wanted him to sign this uh, copy because it really means a lot to me. And he was like, "Yeah, you have to come to the car." Uh, so he, he he got in the car and lowered the window. And I had to, to put the album inside the car mm. and he signed it and he just handed it to me again. And that, that was just, I don't know. It was, uh, it just wasn't very nice. Yeah. But, uh, he's not ruining my love for the music. So, uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, oh, you okay. intrigued me because I, I don't understand Yetro Tull at all. I do no, not understand it. But uh, speaking of, of uh, Maiden, I mean, uh, Steve Harris is yeah. a huge Tull fan. Yeah, and, I know. And, I know. I've heard and him he's talk about incredibly them. influenced. <laughs> by them so they have they have meant a lot to to many people yeah yeah uh, i have all their albums and i i uh, yeah it, it's it's uh, incredible music but this I is really, really what like. makes it interesting you you talking about so passionate about an album that uh, with a band that i do not have any connection with at all mm. that i haven't mm -hmm. actually listened to i'm gonna sit down and listen to this album from from start to finish because i'm i'm very intrigued about the way that you describe this album so yeah but 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 again you 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 gotta see this from the you know uh, uh, from the time it was recorded and just be prepared for 43 minutes of one song i mm -hmm. mean and and it, it's gonna it's gonna take you all kinds of places but the more you listen to it the more you get it mm -hmm. i'm 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 really sure it, it's not like rush and and that that sort of thing it's <laughs> it, it, it's just uh, incredible oh, acoustic oh guitar playing, incredible melodies, and just so much going on. It's a story, but it's, but it's, it's a these guys tell stories, listen. really. Yeah, yeah it's, cool. it's such a fun listen and and great lyrics. So I'm, I mean, I, I can't recommend this enough. Really, cool. Awesome. Check it out. Okay, all right, guys. All right, we got a we got a oh, low storage space again. For real? Oh no! No. Yes. Do we think we have time to do the last one? Yeah, let's just try it. Let, let's see what yeah. happens. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. Good. Okay. So, guys, uh, we've come to the end here. Oh, uh, oh, oh. This, I don't know where to start. I was on a caravan holiday in 1988 to Spain with my parents for three weeks in a, in a caravan. And during the first week, I think it was, I, I got out, went out and bought this album. It was just released uh, at the time. So I hadn't heard it. I had only heard the, the first single uh, from the band, from, the, from this album. So uh, I went out and bought this album. And do you remember when you went on holiday and bought an album, you had to wait three weeks before you could actually play it? Yeah, yeah. And I remember sitting ah. every day in the caravan, taking this album out, looking at the sleeve, reading the lyrics and just imagining what the songs would be like. And, and I was, I couldn't wait to get back home to, to put this record on. It, it was, it was torture really. Um, uh, but it's, it's, I don't know if this is the fate again, it's a bit like, like destroyer. I don't know if this, if this is the best album by the band, uh, today it, it, it is maybe tomorrow some, something else, but it's one of those <laughs> albums that has, has meant the most to me ever. Because on the 1st of October, that very same year, I saw them in concert for the first time in oh. Gothenburg. Oh, man. So, and cool. I think you were there too, Mike, on the, 
Seven oh, Stone, Seven oh, Stone Children. Yes. Oh um, man. There, there is something about this album that that is very unmaiden yeah. in a way because mm-hmm. there aren't any war war themed stories. There are no airplane stories. Uh, there are no. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 also. It was also sold as a bit of a concept album, yeah. but but it's not really. Uh, I think maybe a few of the songs have a sort of a, a, a connected theme, but but it's not really a concept album. It started out, I think, the idea started out to do a concept album yeah. on the Seven Sun uh, mm-hmm. book, um, which was a novel from I don't know fifties, maybe older. I don't know, um, but <laughs> there's something about the sound that Maiden did and the production on this and they use keyboards of course which they also, uh, already introduced on on uh, somewhere in time uh, but this everything gels for me here mm. uh, the the way bruce dickinson sings moonchild i mean he, i think this moonchild may be his his best performance he sounds so incredibly evil yeah <laughs> and and the strange lyrics uh, throughout the whole album there's a song called infinite dreams which is Mm-hmm. They never, they haven't played it live since '88, which it's totally. Un, it, it, I mean, I, I don't understand that. The best song they ever wrote, they, they haven't played live for over 30 years. Um, Infinite Dreams is just an incredible album. Uh, the Evil That Men Do, the title track, Seven Sun. Yeah, it's a great uh, album. Clairvoyant, yeah. Only the Good. All those songs. There, there's a again, there's a coherence in the sound and 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 the instrumentation and and. The, the the melodies they they were able to come up with were just mind blowing and I, mm. I I still I still uh, get goosebumps listening to it and and uh, that connected with the artwork and and remembering seeing them live for the first time where they used the the iceberg uh, mm-hmm. stage and that was just an incredible experience um, I could have picked maybe peace of mind killers also uh but there's something about this album that that just because i was there when it was released mm-hmm. i remember it was mm-hmm. you know because when i got into making killers was had come out already so but this this is one of those albums that actually came came out when i was aware that i was a fan of iron maiden and, mm-hmm. and i was aware of music and i was aware of myself maybe more so and it was i was 12, 13 when this was released. So I, I, I was a bit older and, and maybe, I don't know. There's also something about that we, back then, you know, music was not easily accessible as it is today because you had, you had to save up money to, to go and yeah, buy a record yeah, yeah. and you had to pick which record you wanted mm-hmm. to put money on. Mm-hmm. So you, you just, uh, today I go into a shop and I buy 10 records <laughs> or, a, a, or a record fair. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I buy 20 records and, I hate myself for doing that sometimes because I kind of lose that, that, uh, you know, I, I used to connect much more with albums mm-hmm. uh, before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why many of these albums are actually, they're albums that I've been listening to for 30 odd mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. because they, they came to me at the time where, where, you know, I couldn't just pick and choose like I can today. So I find it very difficult today to, to, um, to actually pinpoint which records I'm going to be listening to in 30 years, you know, mm. uh, records that are released today mm-hmm. or these years, mm. to, uh, you know, uh, I still, I think I'm, I'm going to be connected with these albums mm. uh, for all time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you had to, you had to wait for them to come. You, I mean, you know, knew that there were yeah. recording, but it took a while before, for yeah. it got, I mean, yeah. for us in the Nordic, in Scandinavia, it took a while for albums to to, to arrive, and and the anticipation of, of of going to a show or buying a record in, back in those mm. days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I agree. This is one of my uh, all time favorite Maiden albums. Yes. So it's, because I I I I can't remember knowing when an album came out today i know that uh, on friday the new our maiden album will be released mm-hmm. i know that and i've known that for a month mm-hmm. yeah. uh, i know exactly you know we know so so we know so much in advance now today mm-hmm. that the the um, the experience of going to a record shop and and be actually surprised that there's a new album out 
You know, you don't get that anymore. No. Because back then you could go to a record shop and think, shit, have I made my favorite band. Have they released a new record? I didn't know. Yeah. And and know. that that has just, you know, you, you don't get that anymore. No. No. No, you don't. At least, you, at least you, you, you know, you, you, if as soon as you're on Spotify or YouTube or anything, you know, they'll decide uh, to yeah. show you that you know your favorite band will release a new album in a month, pre-download and, and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. which which is fine. Yeah. yeah, I don't have anything against that, but but there's just something very nostalgic about uh, yeah. about the eighties for me and and the way that we interacted with music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven, so, yeah. Seventh Son is one of those records that I always, as a Maiden fan, I'm a huge Maiden fan, I always mm-hmm. gravitate to the first two for whatever reason. Yeah. Even yeah. like Peace of Mind, I'll go because that was one of the first Maiden records that I got. But uh, Seventh Son is one of those really amazing records that I just never think to listen to. But when I do, mm. it's like... You, you kind of mentioned this this earlier is filling in the gaps like your your brain it's almost like it creates a TV show you know or a movie yeah. or whatever yeah and Maiden's yeah. always been like that for me and Seventh Son does mm. that it's it's just that it, it, mm. there's that movie that that just plays and it just it, it is an amazing record so that's great yeah. choice great choice thanks thanks uh, yeah it's and it's and also like I said most of the other Maiden albums they have. Uh, you know historical themed songs and and uh, airplane songs and all that, but this is just they ha- this has nothing of those other trademarks. You know, it's <laughs> it's just it's in a world of its own in a way. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's probably also why I like it. I think, and 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 of course, Martin Birch production is is amazing, uh, and it just sounds incredible still. Cool. Yeah. And what a list! What a list! That's a great list. <laughs> It, it was really tough. It, it was, but I'm yeah, I'm I'm quite pleased with with yeah. the list right now. Yeah, I mean tomorrow might regret everything, but should you do it? Not seven son, I think. No, <laughs> should you do it? Just run it through from from five to to one. You got you sure. you, you started off with Mastodon, crack crack the sky. Mastodon, uh, crack the sky yeah. from two thousand nine. Cool, incredible album, of course. Then you got. Uh, then I went on to the Who's Quadrophenia. Yeah. All right. This cool. one? The Who Cord Phoenix. Uh then it was uh Mike's favorite. Yeah. Kiss Kiss Royal, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh Sick as a Break by Jethro Tull from nineteen seventy two. Yeah. And uh of course, uh cool. on top All of right. the world, Seventh Sun. Oh yeah. That's a good one. I actually Beautiful. thought so, that uh, you were going to pick uh, Creatures of the Night with Kiss. Uh I I I thought about it. Yeah, uh, I really did, but but I think, yeah, I, I, I yeah. Since you mentioned it, it in your book, it, it it's sort yeah, of like it, the experience. Yeah, yeah, but I still think this. this I think the sound of Destroyer did more for me. Yeah, in in the very early days, than than Creatures did. Yeah, and I don't know how to explain that, but um, Destroyer is very much a Kiss sound for me. Yeah. It's it's like the alive two stage coming, yeah. coming, <laughs> you know, coming into the studio. Yeah. There's something yeah. about it that just is massive. Yeah, um, that I just really enjoy. Yeah, I also had a hard time, like you said, going back to and listen to those first albums because my first introduction to Kiss was Kiss Alive. I, mm. I went with my friend to this older guy's apartment, and I I almost shit my pants when when he turned that. <laughs> I mean, turn that stereo to eleven, and, and you can hear the bombs going off, and and yeah. the sound of yeah. deuce going out, and it's it's yeah. there is something about Kiss still today. Yeah, it. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. great I, choices. I, I, I agree. Great choices of albums, Sorin. Mm-hmm. Thank man. you. Yes. Thank you. I could have picked maybe some more obscure albums. I don't know, but yeah. But then again, these are just. From the heart, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and um, the way that you describe them, it it, it gets me going because because it's I, when you meet people like yourself that that listen to stuff that you're not usually listen to. That that's like uh, um, a thing that that I I 
would much rather go with because the the passion that that you hear from people that talk about the music that that you don't actually listen to or the albums there is there mm. is something there it's very intriguing so okay so you listen to Jethro Tull and and this is mm. why you like them oh shit I'm yeah. gonna go listen to Jethro Tull I I don't even like yeah. Jethro mm -hmm. Tull but but it's <laughs> yeah. that's the excitement about this learning yeah learning from, from yeah people like yourself that's cool yeah i i, I couldn't agree more I, as i said before the the best introduction to music is 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 people yeah. recommending stuff yeah, to you yeah. and, and mm -hmm. you know, kind of explaining to you why you should listen to it and, yeah. and what to look after yeah because i've tried that with bob dylan yeah i mean <laughs> i've tried and tried and i've actually i've tried to to um to get people to introduce me to Dylan. I mean, what's the best way to start? I mean, where does, where do you start with 70 years of music? You know, yeah. there's just 60 years, whatever, but there's just so much, you don't know where to start. And, and I'm just, uh, I've tried and tried, as I said, but I've never really, never really clicked. I never yeah, really understood. I, I can't do Dylan either. That's just not, no, no, not my thing. And yeah, sorry. I'm, 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 there's just not any Dylan here or Velvet <laughs> on the ground and all we're that in, stuff. We're in agreement, the three of us, because yeah. I don't get it either. I mean, he's a great songwriter, no. but all absolutely, the, I have all other musicians. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. lis listen to when Jimi Hendrix does All Along mm. the Watchtower. And, oh, and, and, that's amazing. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like awesome. A Rolling yeah. Stone and but so it, forth. It, it seems that, that other people did Dylan songs better than themselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There you exactly. go. <laughs> oh man oh man oh man all right oh i hope he's not listening i hope he's not watching this that he does listen cool. to every show so but that's okay <laughs> oh sorry oh man <laughs> wouldn't that be something though oh that would be great <laughs> yeah that, would be great. that was a great publicity for us dylan slashes yeah. sounds on yeah. vinyl podcast <laughs> they don't yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Like oh man! <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Soren, yeah, once thanks. again for being part of a, thank a, you the Sounds of Vinyl podcast. And it was a huge pleasure as always. Of course, uh, you're welcome all the time. So uh, we're going to give you uh, some links in the description for people listening out to us. You can check out uh, more of Soren's book and, and uh, hook him up on, on Facebook. He's got a, a, a thing going on there with a blog, music, talks about music. It's, it's all great stuff. And... Don't forget to subscribe to the show and hook us up on Instagram at Sounds on Vinyl. And yeah, Phil, do that. Until next time. Later. 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 This has been Sounds on Vinyl, hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer. But it doesn't have to end. Join the Sounds on Vinyl community at soundsonvinyl.com forward slash community for exclusive content, music documentaries, chats, and more. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by Boozhound Music in cooperation with Boozhound Entertainment. Thanks for listening and all your motherfucking support.